So I'll turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And after you turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, if you could please stand to honor the reading of God's word. And it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Now, when I was in school, I fought hard, really hard, not to have bad grades, because <laughs> uh, my attention span wasn't the greatest, and I was lazy and other things. And now I have school teachers in front of me, and I feel really embarrassed about that. I didn't know he was going to be here. <laughs> I feel like I'm being graded even now. <laughs> I was thrilled to even have a B. I was thrilled to even have a B. I often, sadly, settle. Settle for whatever I could get. And I'd settle for a B if I got it. Instead of striving for an A+. I said it before, I only one time got on the honor, honor uh, roll. And that was my last grade card. But I was really glad to get that. I, I, I never did try my best, like I should have and could have. I would lie to myself and say I did, but I should have. Because I had an attitude. I had an attitude of uh, just settling. That's the truth. Oftentimes we do that. We have an attitude. We say we don't have an attitude because so oftentimes we think of, if we don't have a bad attitude, we think we don't have an attitude. But the truth is, sometimes we have an attitude. And too many Christians have this be minus attitude, or we just have a B attitude, a different kind of B attitude than we ought to have. They have a attitude of good enough attitude, a good enough attitude. Oh, well, it's good enough. God understands, and he loves me anyway. God does love us. That's a fact. It goes without saying, God loves us. We know that. But this kind of nonchalant who cares attitude isn't really good either. This nonchalant, God loves me anyway, is not the point. So today, the title of the sermon is B Attitude. It's not necessarily the B Attitude you're thinking of, <laughs> but it is a B Attitude. And so we're going to talk about the B Attitudes, several types of B Attitudes today. So the first B Attitudes, we're going to talk about the problem with the B Attitude, and with the kind of B Attitude that I was speaking of. This B attitude, there's many, many types of B attitudes in this situation. The B attitude, or B minus attitude, if you want to call it that, there's B attitudes all over the place. And there's a problem with it. And our attitude must be reset. We have attitudes every day. And it can be reset, and it can be set by the things we watch, the things and people that we're around, the music we listen to, the TV shows we're, we're watch, because by the way, it's like having people around you all the time, personalities. The uh, things that we allow as parents, as grandparents, as whatever, as teachers even, the things that we allow to be taught, it all depends. But the first kind of B attitude in this situation we're gonna talk about is bad attitude. Some people say, well, that's a personal opinion. Not necessarily, because the bad attitudes that we're gonna talk about today comes from a worldly attitude or a negative attitude or both. And we're going to come through the viewpoint of the Lord God mostly. 
this bad attitude will set in and it will destroy, destroy a good basis, a good biblical basis. Now, I think we all know this. Most of us have been teenagers at some point in our life. I'd say looking around, we've all been teenagers at some point in our life. And when you're a teenager, it's amazing how your attitude starts to change. And I'm seeing this in a loved one right now. In an early, early, early setting, their attitude is starting to change a little bit because teenagers are becoming teenagers very early now. Have you noticed that 10-year-olds think they're teenagers now? The 9-year-olds think they're teenagers like, get off the internet. You're not a teenager yet, you little creep. You're not a teenager. You've got a few years. Enjoy your childhood. But I want to be grown up, but you're not grown up. Don't let your attitude get ruined. But that's what, what's happening now. Little kids think that they're growing up. You're not growing up yet. Come on now. Come on. This is what's happening. Attitudes are changing, becoming bad attitudes very quickly. Why? They're becoming worldly. They're becoming negative very quickly. Why? Because they're watching stuff they shouldn't be watching. They're seeing people across the world talking about things they shouldn't be. And I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I say it straight out. I don't care what the world thinks. Little children, little bit children, shouldn't be knowing about trans transgender. They shouldn't be knowing about sexual activities. They shouldn't be knowing about that. What does the world say about it? I don't care what the world says. I know what God says. I know what God says. And so a lot of people have bad attitudes against authority. Well, there's an ultimate authority, and that's God. And a lot of times the reason why people have a, a problem against authority is because rather they realize they're not the authority, whether it be the police officers, whether it be the principals, whether it be their mamas and their daddies, whether it be other people, whether they know it or not, they're a fill-in, if you will, a substitute, if you will, for the Lord God. Because God put authority in your life so that you'll rule. Now, I'm not saying all authority is good. Some of those authority people are ignorant because they sometimes have a power crazy. Oh, I've known them. I've known cops who are power crazy. Not all cops are, by the way. When I was a little kid, I used to watch a show called The Dukes of Hazard. Anyone ever see that show? I own every episode. I don't know why, because I love it. When I was a kid, I used to love it. But here's the thing. I love The Dukes of Hazzard, but the cops were mean, and yet they were kind of fun. You love them, too. You remember Boss Hogg? You remember uh, Roscoe Pico Train? Here's the thing about it. They, they, they did not practice the law right. You remember that? So here's the problem with that. that. That is not every cop. Most police officers are good, wonderful police officers, but people make excuses and say, well, they're all like Roscoe Pico Train. No, they're not. They're not, they're not. But people use that kind of authoritative figure in their life to say that this is why I don't like police officers. No, you're making an excuse. You're making an excuse so that you can be the authority of your own life. This is an excuse. And people use that in their life so they can hate all authority. And the reason they hate authority is because they don't want to have the authority or listen to the authority of God in their life. That's the truth. They have a self-righteous proclaiming situation in their life. We're not to be self-righteous. We're not to think that we're to be our own authority. A lot of people have that. Even Christians sometimes have the self-righteous way about them. We're not to be that way. We're not to be proclaimers of our own life. We're not to be that way. This is why God says parents need to obey God. Just earlier, we had a brother who was mentioning the fifth commandment, that we're to obey our parents. And that's true. But there are four commandments before that. The four, first four commandments are about the holy rules and laws. How no other God before me, no engraven images, all these things. Those first four are about how God comes first, and those parents are to follow God. Those parents are to follow God. And when the parents need to be obedient to God, and when they obey God, then the children need to be obedient to the parents. That's what God was saying. Parents, be obedient to God. 
Kids will be obedient to their parents. And when you do that, when you have a basis, when you have a, a, a ground basis, then everything will turn out just fine and dandy. Oh, we're not saying kids aren't going to make mistakes. They're kids. They're ignorant. Of course they're going to make mistakes. Parents will make mistakes. Of course they will. They're human beings. But when you follow God and you let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you, everything will work out. It's going to work out just fine and dandy if you follow him. But too often people are against that. This is what it says in Colossians 3.23. Listen to what it says in Colossians 3.23. Oh, it's good. And whatever you do, do it heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And not for men. Oh, no, women. Oh, no, women. This is not a reason to hate men. We got reasons enough for that, don't we? No, we're talking about for mankind. We're to follow God, not the rules of men. We're to follow God. Be, be, be heartily and follow the Lord Follow God, do what's right for him, not for the people of this world. We're not to be against the Bible, against the ways of God. We're not to let our actions follow the ways of this world. Right now, people are putting down rules all the time. I hear even Christians trying to make it to be okay to have premarital sex. Oh, God doesn't mind to have things out of wedlock. I was so proud of a woman last night. I saw her, I think it was TikTok, I don't remember, it, might, it was going through Facebook, I have no idea. I happen to know this, I was proud of her, people were mocking her, making fun of her, saying she will never, never, never sleep with, that, sleep with a man who's not her husband. She was saying that she's not married and she's not ever going to be with a man who isn't her husband. And they were sitting there saying all sorts of horrible, horrible things to her. And I tell you what, I praised her, I said, good for you, you stick with your first love who is the Lord God. Of course, I was mocked. I don't care. I don't care. God is to be our first love. He is to be. You know, I've said it a hundred times, and I continue will. He is my first love. I don't know if I'll ever be married again, but I know one thing. If I am, that's going to be great. If I meet a wonderful Christian woman who puts God before me, who puts God before me, wonderful. If I never meet another woman, I, you know, I still don't have my first love. My first love is God. And he gets me through each and every day. Because if your treasure of your heart has to be someone else and not God, you're never going to be happy. Because that person who you're treasuring in your heart can leave you in a split second, but God never will. He never will. Hallelujah. He never will. What does it say? And the world needs to learn this. These people who have the bad attitudes. What does it say in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5? In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, it. oh, I love it. It's one of my all-time favorites. I may have said that once or thrice or a hundred times. I don't know. Maybe. But listen to this one. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, I, I, I suggest we, we memorize where that's at. Don't you think? Don't you think it's a good one to keep around? Proverbs 3 verse 5. Because I don't know about you. Maybe I'm alone here. But don't you think throughout the day, sometimes we need to remember this one? Because sometimes we get a little distracted by the things of this world. We start to get frustrated and people say things to us and we start to, our understanding starts to get askew and we start to say, I don't understand, I don't understand. And we need to trust in God, not ourselves. Because if we allow ourselves, we'll get distracted all over the place. And we start to get a bad attitude. I know I do. 
because I'm paying attention to other things and not to him who's within me. And that's wrong. I'm talking about me, not you. Maybe I'm all alone here. I don't know. But it's in the first John, and I got a few first Johns here. First John 2, 4. First John 2, 4. Whoever says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, this isn't to say that if you make a mistake, that you're not saved. I know people have used this before to say that. That's not what it's saying. Remember, this is John, the beloved one. John is saying that those who say they know God and willfully continue to sin and don't love the people around, they're not really of the Lord God. Don't follow those people. Live for the Lord with all your heart. Because listen what John says again, this time in chapter 4, verse 1. And we're going to come back to chapter 4 here in a little while, but we're not going to stay there just there. John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, and I like that because this is the beloved one calling us beloved. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I'm saying this because we're talking about all the bad attitudes of the world. All those in the world, they're going to come to you. They're going to call you stupid. And in their minds, you are. But remember whose minds we're talking about. We're talking about the ignorant ones. Ignorant because they don't know God. They think you're ignorant because they don't know him who they need to know in order to go to heaven. You look foolish to them because they're the fools who do not know him. Remember that. They have a bad attitude because they don't know Christ. You do look like a fool, but you're not the fool. You're not the fool, they are. They're the fool. Remember that now, because it is a fool who says there is no God. But that's not you. Not only do you say there's a God, but you have God living in your heart. Remember that now, remember. We'll talk more about that in a week. <sighs> These people with bad attitudes, they physically, emotionally, morally have issues with obedience, let alone spiritually. You say, is that right, Pastor? Yes, it's right. It's definitely right. Because when you spiritually have problems with obedience, what happens next? You will emotionally, you will uh, morally and physically, everything will change. You'll allow things to happen to your body that you wouldn't have done if you've been spiritually following God. You'll see people put things all over their body. By the way, I'm not saying if people have tattoos and piercings and all this. I'm not saying that they don't know God. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying you'll see people tattoo things all over their face and all over these things and pretty sinful things. Not everything, okay? This is not to say that anyone who has tattoos on isn't of God. I'm not saying that. However, I don't know about you, but usually people who have all sorts of really vile things tattooed all over their faces usually don't represent God too awful well. Now, I'm saying this because I've seen the guy who had a pretty vile word printed upon his head. He says, don't judge me because I happen to know Jesus. And I wanted to say to him, yeah, but you can't judge others for judging you by the judgment that you have allowed them to have because you put that right in their face, on your face. Who are you to judge them? For them seeing what you gave to them. I mean, come on. I mean, that'd be like me saying to you, how dare you judge me for thinking I eat sweets because I have a big body. Hey, you can only see what I give you. Don't tell me I wear yellow. Hello. I'm wearing yellow. 
I mean, you can only see what I present to you. Come on, folks. Come on. Many people have bad attitudes. And there are many people who are out of touch with the Holy Spirit. They're not listening. Many Christians are that way. They're not. They're out of touch. There are many other B attitudes that come from bad attitudes. There's bossy attitudes. Hey, many Christians have this. Bossy attitudes. Why do they have bossy attitudes? Because they want to be in charge of their life over everyone, including God. There are people who have blasphemous attitudes. We'll talk about that next week. Blasphemous attitudes. What does it mean to be blasphemous? To be mockish of God in his position. And they say, oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. There's things you should not joke about. You shouldn't be joking about God mocking him, making fun of him. He's holy. His name is holy. Be careful what you say. Watch your tongue. Lord God has set upon my tongue. There's times that I've allowed my tongue to say stupid things. And I have to quote my mother, Lord God set upon my tongue. I'm glad he doesn't literally do that because that would, well, that would hurt. But that being said, there are people, there are people who are bitter, backbiting, bickering, and bullish. They have these, this uh, bitter, backbiting, bickering, and bullish attitude. We want to be in charge of everything. And even Christians do this. This is not right. They want to be in charge of everything and hurting those in your way, even God at times. And they want to do it sometimes in God's name. Can't be that way. This is not right. So I'm going to read you a couple things. A couple things. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. It says, Do all things without murmuring. And disputing that you may be blameless and harmless sons of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine as lights in the world folks this is a dark generation we see it every day we know it's dark but this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine hallelujah this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine let it shine I don't know about you, but I'm going to let it shine until Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Hallelujah. I'm going to let it shine. we got to let it shine, folks. we got to let it shine. 1 John 4, 8. I told you it was coming back, 1 John 4. 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. How many Christians do you know who are bitter, who are bickering, who are... I have suffered from this. Folks, you don't need to be an Ebenezer Scrooge. Don't hold that the riches of God to you and to your chest. Share the riches of God. Share the love of God. Share the joy of God. Share that joy. Share it. Share it. Share it. Oh, I know we don't want to look foolish. I know we worry. Folks, I have joy. Joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Oh, down in my heart, down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart today. And you know what? Let me just tell you something. And if that devil doesn't like it, he can set on attack. And I don't care what he has to think about it, nor the people of the world. They're not going to like you anyway. I'm not, I'm not talking about being a jerk. But I am talking about being happy, happy, happy with the joy, joy, joy of the Lord. And if they don't like it, they're not going to like it. Just be happy anyway. Don't worry about it, folks. I like James 1. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. Listen here, beloved brothers. It says this, James 1, 19 through 20. Therefore, my beloved brothers, 
or sisters, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear. Oh, this one's hard for me. Slow to speak and slow to anger. You ever have a hard time with that one? For the anger a man does not work the righteousness of God. You got to be careful with that. How about this one? It's not a sin to be angry, but it's what we do with it. Because Ephesians 4.26 says this. I use this with the children all the time when I used to teach children for 25 years. Listen to what it says. Ephesians 4.26, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger or your wrath, if you have King James. Don't let it go down on your anger. Don't let it go down on your anger. Don't sit in your bed sitting there, oh, I'm so mad. Don't be like Grumpy the Dwarf. Don't sit there mad at everybody. Be like Happy the Dwarf. Okay, so people may say you're more like Dopey, but that's okay. Be happy, happy, happy. You've got the joy of the Lord in your heart where it needs to be. And don't have the I don't care attitude about anything and everything. Because some people are like, oh, I don't care about anything. No, it can't be like that either. This is not good. And it's usually a lie. That's usually a lie that you tell yourself, saying I don't care about anything. That's not true anyway. We're going to come back to that in a minute. You know what we need to have? We need to have a new attitude. There was an old 80s song. I got a new attitude. That's what we used to sing. I know I'm singing a lot today. I can't help it. We need to adjust adjust our attitude hit reset and you ever gone to a clock where you have to hit reset I've had to do that a hundred times remember the old VCRs you had to hit reset the, the stupid thing I remember it would be blink 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 I hated that how about I know this is a real stretch you can't imagine you remember once upon a time when the electricity would go off <laughs> And that stupid VCR clock or your clock or whatever with the beep, click, click. And you'd have to reset and because it was off by hours or whatever. It was so annoying. Boy, that electricity. It's a little too soon, isn't it? A little too soon, Sister Connie. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, you have to reset everything. Sometimes we have to reset our attitude, though. Don't, don't, we, don't we just have to hit that on top, reset our attitude? My mother, teaching youth for a long time, used to say, Attitude adjustment! And we have to reset it. Sometimes I have to go, when I'm not feeling that, I'm watching too much news, which I do sometimes. And I'm getting irritated, frustrated with whoever, doesn't matter who. I'll come to the Bible and I'll say, attitude adjustment. And I'll come and I'll start praying. And I'll say, Philip, turn off the television. No matter what it is you're watching. Too much language. Too much attitude. Too much people. Too Get away from the people. Go to God who created things. Make it all new with you what you got to do. You don't have to have all that, but you do have to have God. You do have to have God. You have to. You need it. Listen what it says in Ephesians 4.23. Ephesians 4.23. Let your minds and hearts be made new. Hallelujah. Your heart be made new. Your minds be made new. Let you be new every day. This is not just a one-time thing. It's all the time. All the time. You have to have your oil changed in your car. You have to have your alignment redone. You have to get new tires. You have to get gas all the time. You have to do all these things. Folks, in you, yourself, you're like a little automobile. Some of us are big cars. We have to have more gasoline. We have to have more. Some of us need to do the same in our spiritual life. I don't know about you, but I need an awful lot of energy. 
Maybe you're not like that. I just need it once a week. No, I need it all the time, every day. God says, it's okay, boy. I knew what you needed, and he helps me. Back to the I don't care attitude. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I personally have a new I don't care attitude that I use a lot. Sometimes it gets misunderstood and it gets misconstrued. But let me tell you what my new I don't care attitude is. It doesn't mean I don't care about people. I care about all people, all of them, the lost and the saved alike. I care about my brothers and sisters of Christ. I especially care about my people here in church. I care about my brothers and sisters oh so much. But when I say I don't care, it doesn't mean I don't care about them or about the people of this world even. It means I don't care about them more than I care about God. I care about God more than you. I care about God more than them. I care about God more than me. So when I'm teaching the Word of God, and when I'm teaching what He told me to teach, I'm not going to let people's feelings stop me from doing it. And when I'm teaching the Word of God, what He told me to do, I'm not going to let what people want me to do to stop it. Now, that even means mine. Because there's times that I don't want to do it. There's times when God tells me to teach what needs to be taught. I'm like, God, I don't want to. I don't want to. That's going to be very uncomfortable. And God says, are you going to do it? Yes, Lord. I don't want to do it. There's times I just don't want to. And there's even times I have to ignore things that are going on around me. And I don't really want to because it makes me feel rude. It makes me feel like I, it, that I'm ignoring people. But i got to do what God's told me to do. I don't want to. And so I have this I don't care style. And there's even times I say, oh, oh well, I, I don't care. And, and I actually recently had to explain myself what that meant I, because it sounded rude. And I had to call the person and explain to him. Luckily, we got that taken care of. And I explained to him it didn't mean I don't care, but it meant that I, I when the person told me they were afraid that they hurt my feelings, and I told him I didn't care, what I meant was it didn't hurt my feelings because I don't care about my feelings. In the long run, I care about God's feelings, not mine. My feelings don't matter in the long run. My feelings don't matter at all, and quite frankly, neither do yours. God's feelings matter. God comes first. If you don't put God first, then you got a problem. If God doesn't come before you or me, you got a real problem. Now, this doesn't mean to be rude to people. This doesn't mean that you go around to people, especially the people of the world. You don't go to them or your brothers and sisters of Christ and say, oh, I don't care about you. You don't matter. <laughs> no, because they do. Your brothers and sisters of Christ matter. Your, even the people of the world matter, but not above God. And this has been the problem that a lot of people have. A lot of Christians are going around right now, we got to reach the people of the world. we got to love them. They're right. We've got to care how they feel. We've got to worry that they're uncomfortable when we talk about Jesus. No, we don't. Jesus cared enough to not care how the Pharisees felt. He cared enough not to care that the disciples and the Pharisees and the apostles were uncomfortable. He cared enough to say, I don't care if you're uncomfortable. I care enough not to care that you're uncomfortable when I'm talking about you going to hell. I don't care because I care enough to care that I want you to go to heaven, not hell. You see, Jesus does care, but he cares enough not to care about your uncomfortable feelings. He cares enough to care about your eternity. He cares enough to teach the truth no matter how he feels at that moment emotionally. Because that's what's more important, folks. That's what's more important. Because we have other feelings around, but we have to care more about God's feelings above our own. We have to know this, and we have to know his word, and we have to know what it means. We have to know him personally every day. We have to reject the old things. We have to have a new setting of attitude. We have to re 
have a, uh, to not worry about the incorrect feelings and the incorrect attitudes. We have to reset the things that we used to read, reset the things we used to watch. We have to reset even some of our friends. We have to get away from some of them because they will set you back to the way you used to be. We have to have good company, good mindset, good pastimes. We have to have a new us. We do. Otherwise, you're going to be right back to what you used to be with those bad attitudes, those bad ways. You need to have everything new. What does it say in 1 John 1.9? 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All of it. Or James 4.10. James 4.10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Oh, hallelujah. And I'll read one more in this area, and that is Matthew 6.21. For where your treasure is, oh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hallelujah. Yes, we need not to have the bad attitudes. We need a new attitude. We need to have the B attitudes. And so now, we need to have the B attitudes. And how to be attitudes? That's what Jesus Christ told us. This came from Jesus Christ himself, and this is to inspire us. And when we have these attitudes, it inspires others of how to be. And when we have that, we can read it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 12. It tells us how to be. Again, how to be. How should it be? Well, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 12 tells us how to be. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be very glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in this manner they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You're very blessed. God's going to bless you, because you have the Beatitudes that he told you to be like. These are Beatitudes, and there are other Beatitudes too. And I say this in the sense that this is how we are to be. We've talked about bad attitudes. But there are other attitudes in which we should be like. So you can now turn to Philippians chapter 2 as we read verse 1 through 11. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 11, it says, If there is any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any compassion and mercy, then fulfill my joy and be like-minded, having the same love, being in the unity with one mind. 
Let nothing be done out of strife or conceit, but in humility let each esteem the other better than himself. Think about this. We're talking about fellow Christians here. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let this mind be in you all, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There are these B attitudes, and just like I told you that there are other B attitudes of bad, like you know, being bossy and blasphemous and bitter and backbiting and bickering and bullish and all those things, there are also other B attitude names which we're gonna name which are good, like the B attitudes. We also have the brave. There are people who should have the attitude of being brave and being bold. We should be brave and bold. No, I'm not talking about hurting people's feelings, but we should be brave. We should be bold. We should be beloved believers. We should have these beatitudes. And yes, we should have the biblical attitude. That is the attitudes we should have. I'll say it again. We should have the brave, bold, believing, beloved, biblical attitudes. These are the attitudes we should have. God wants us to have these attitudes that we can train up other people. I'm so proud of you. You know, I'm not going to call you old. I'm not going to do that because I want to get out of here alive. I really do. But here's the other thing. God has placed you in whatever position you're in. Maybe you're older than others, and I'm sure all of us are older than others in some way or capacity. But the truth is we today have had visitors who are also uh, teachers who can raise people up in that situation. We have others who are here in, in all sorts of jobs and positions and other things. Some are, are mothers, some are fathers, some are aunts and uncles or grandmas, great grandmas, things like that, whatever thing that could be, whatever it is. God has placed you to help young people. This very week, we're going to have Bible school. And I love that. I love the, that's another B attitude, Bible school attitude. I love the attitude we have in Bible school to help raise up children. I love that, to teach them the way they should go. We should help train and lead others in your attitude. And I'm talking about the biblical attitude of love and compassion to follow the Lord God. But you can do that by them seeing your attitude and your changed attitude. So if you see people with a bad attitude of the world, by the way you treat them with love and compassion, and we should, if you find yourself having a bad attitude towards them, which let's be honest, we sometimes do, at least I sometimes do, let's change that. Let's not think worldly. Say, Lord God, please help me to see through your eyes not to love what they do, but to love them despite what they're doing. Lord God, use me, speak to me and through me and help them, Lord God, to change from that to something else. I say this to you. We want to have a B attitude. And I say this to you wonderful women here. I'm so proud of you. I'm just so proud of every single one of you. 
You know, I a lot of times say the word or the name or whatever, Aunt B. So I say to you, bees, Aunt B, have the Aunt B attitude to help raise and serve and train the children to follow God. And to you men, you're not Aunt B's, but maybe your Aunt B, Uncle B Arthur will say, Uncle B Arthur, you can be a different kind of B to help bring these children up in a new B attitude. A wonderful, beloved, bold, brave, believer, biblical attitude. Young children need men and women to show them the way to live because let's just look around and see the horrible, bad attitude this world has put before them. A blasphemous, bad attitude. It's a horrible thing. But we don't have to live like that because you wonderful, mature Christian soldiers are out there and God has placed you there to show them the true, wonderful beatitude of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, and I'm proud of you. And Jesus is proud of you. And as we close today, as we close today, I'm going to read to you Philippians 4.8. And it says this, Finally, brothers, Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. And this will help. This will help with our attitudes. This will help with other people that God has set in your life to help train them, to lead them, to guide them. No, no. You can't make others do things. But you will be an example one way or another, whether you realize it or not. I promise. God is going to use you if you allow him to. And I guarantee you, your beatitude, your wonderful, bold, brave, Believer's attitude, biblical attitude is going to be changed today because you're going to allow him to do so. Let us bow in prayer. Lord God, thank you for these wonderful believers who have come to follow you no matter what the weather, no matter what the weather of our attitude may be, no matter what the weather of the attitude of this nation and our society and the civilians around us tell us to be. You are the one that's going to tell us what to be and how to be it. I pray, Lord God, that you lead us and guide us and show us how to be what you want us to be, what we need to be. Lord God, I pray right now for the ill. I pray right now, Lord God, for those who need your guidance today. I pray right now for this upcoming week for Bible school, not just for this church, but for the churches down the street, for the other churches around the way who are having Bible school, every single one of them. I pray, Lord, that the children will have a resetting of their attitude and their mind before they go back to school. I pray for every single one of them. Lord, I love them. But Lord, more importantly, you love them. You know every single one of them. You know their names. You know their attitudes. You know their every thought. You know, Lord, their every single fingerprint. And Lord, I pray for their parents. I pray, Lord God, you reset the attitudes of their homes. I pray for a great revival in the church, not just this specific church, but the entire Christian church. I pray for this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.